Let's just pray as we begin this morning. Lord, I just thank you that we are all here this morning. I just thank you for this beautiful family of God that gathers here in Benalla. I thank you for each and every one. Lord, may you speak to our hearts this morning. This may be something we already know, something we've heard before, but I just pray for each person here that you would just drop something new into their spirit this morning as I'm sharing your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about how we hear from God. Did you see? He texts me this morning. He's like, what are you talking about? And I just text back, please, God, help me. <laughs> and I said, no, it's, it's hearing God. How do, we, how do we be really confident that we hear God? Because, I don't know, I, I see some Christians going around and they're like, oh, and God said this and God said that and God was here and God was there. And then there's other times and it's like, God, hello. <laughs> and so how can we be, I just want to talk about being confident and knowing, you know, I hear God. I am a Christian. I am saved. I have asked Jesus into my heart. I have received the Holy Spirit and I hear from God. And so I want to look this morning at Exodus 3. And if any, ever anyone heard someone heard God speak, it was Moses wasn't it? So Exodus 3, uh, and we'll start in verse 1, and I'm reading from the New Living this morning. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses Stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now Moses certainly heard God speak from that burning bush, and God goes on to tell him, Moses, I want you to do this. I want you to go back to Egypt. You are going to save my people. And we see in verse 10, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Now, I don't know about you, but I have times in my life where I want, I want this movie moment. This is a movie moment. And I want God to go, Stacy, Stacy, I want you to do this and you are going to do this and it's going to look like this. Now go. And I probably would be like Moses and go, but God, but it's like you still have that clear, this is what I'm saying to you. And I don't think that we like the day to day. You know, Moses was in the wilderness. We don't like the day to day. We like movie moments. And I have done this with Greg before. We'll be, 
we'll be walking down the driveway together. We like going around looking at our garden. And I'll be like, imagine if we were in a movie. Do you remember me saying this? Imagine like if there was exciting music playing. This would be exciting. Or we could hold hands and like this romantic music could come on and we it could be a romance. Oh, or like the music might be like, dun it, dun it, dun it. and maybe we're about to die and we don't know. It's like, but life isn't a movie. Although I challenge you this week, maybe when you're walking down Banala's Main Street, just put on some music and pretend I'm in an awesome movie right now. My life is awesome. Um, but it's, it's not always movie moments. We don't always get the, the burning bush and the, you know, I've, I've had three sick children this week and two days in a row, Lily has watched Frozen. <laughs> now, it has to be when the boys are at school because they just won't put up with it. Um, so poor little thing, she's sick. And so second day in a row, I'm like, all right, you can watch it again. But so movies to me, movie equals two hours to get everything done. And I run around. Quick, sweep the floor, mop the floor, put all the clothes away, da 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 And I'm like, how's that movie? Awesome. Um, but on Friday, I came in in the movie moment. And I finally saw, after this movie's played in my house like 10 times or something, and I've never seen. And I know that Anna gets struck and that she's freezing and she needs true love. Has anyone seen Frozen? She's like, true love is the only thing that can thaw your heart. And I didn't realise until Friday that it was actually her sister Elsa that hugged her and went, Anna, I love you. And the music's playing. And I'm like, movie moment. How many of you like movie moments in your life? We don't, yeah, we don't get that many. (laughs) And so... We, we want this and God appeared. God appeared to, you know, God appeared to Abraham. God appeared to Gideon. God appeared, God called Samuel. You know, we, we're sort of looking for these moments, I think, at times to go, God, what is the clear direction? How do I hear you? But in the new covenant, we've got the leading of the Holy Spirit. And 1 John 2.27 says, you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. So if you remain in Christ, you actually have that clear direction. You can actually find purpose in the mundane things in life because you know I'm living a life, I'm living my calling. And, you know, we have Jeremiah... 29 11 I know the plans I have for you we know their plans for good and we don't have to walk around sort of doubting like well am I am I in the right spot am I should I be here should I be here what town should I live in what job should I do should I do I have the right friends have I you know we can actually have a real confidence because we have a Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and so in the it's in the day-to-day in these times where we don't feel like it's a great movie that our character is built and each of us God is building our character and he's bringing out things in us and he's showing us things that we need to work on and we are working to be more like Christ and so you know you've got Moses in the wilderness God was building his character we know he had some things that he needed to work on he was there because he had killed an Egyptian God had this purpose and plan for him though and God found him there in the wilderness and God knows exactly where you are. God's not going to miss you. He's not going to pass you by. Okay. We see in Colossians 3.23, 23, 
Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So if you will be faithful, if you'll be faithful while you're cleaning your house, mopping your floor, walking down the driveway, just plain day-to-day moments, if you're faithful in those moments, God will speak to you and he will direct your path. Amen. Now, I want to go back to the beginning of Moses' life because Moses had this clear call on his life. And I just want to look at God had his hand on Moses right from the beginning. So if we go, uh, you don't have to go far, Exodus 2. And we see actually right at the end of uh, chapter 1, Pharaoh in verse 22 gives the order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew into the Nile River, but you can let the girls live. So in Exodus 2, right at the start, I imagine Moses' mother praying for a girl. I think, you know, she's, she's pregnant, she's, all the boys are sent to be killed. And if ever there was a time where you were crying out to God, I'd be like, may it be a girl. Please, God. Please, God. But God knows best, doesn't he? God knows what we need. And if I can say God knows the different um, boys and girls and amount of children and things that you have in your family too. It's all for a purpose. He doesn't make mistakes. Amen. And so we see here his mother going, please, a girl. And here is a baby boy. She became pregnant, verse 2, and gave birth to a son. And she saw he was a special baby. Okay, right from the start, he was standout. He was special. And so are you. God says you're special and you're called. Amen. And so she hides him for three months. When she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. The baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? That that verse there has always grabbed my attention. I'm like, isn't it obvious? Isn't it? It's like, no. So she says, oh, that would be so good and I'll even pay you. I'll even pay you to feed your own baby. So he was taken back to his mother. She nursed him. Verse 10, later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. She adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now, if ever God's hand was on someone's life, we just see it right here. I don't personally believe in coincidences I believe in God okay where did where did Moses mother get the idea okay this is just a side note everything we do as we are walking and we're hearing God we're affecting the generations so she gets this idea okay put my baby in the river I'm going to do that but it's going to look a little different than what I've been asked to do she makes this basket she waterproofs it I don't know did she Did she get the idea from Noah? Did she get, I don't know, I don't know. 
The generations roll on. We see and we learn from each generation. And so in faith, she puts him in that basket and along comes the princess. And so at all points in our lives, I don't know if there's ever going to be a moment where God's going to show me my entire movie reel and it's like, look where I I worked here, I worked there, I worked here, I worked there. He's so good. He's working all things together for our good. And we were singing that this morning. And as we were singing that, I thought, oh, that's what I was going to share this morning. We need to trust God. And it's Romans 8.28. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. And God has his hand on your life. Amen. Do you believe it this morning? He has his hand on your life. He intended for Moses right from the beginning. He needed that education. He wrote, now I broke into your office on Friday night and borrowed your Bible. He wrote the first five books. You've got all these little cut and paste and Psalm 90, okay, and a whole heap of other literature, I can't even say it, (laughs) that we, you know, that they sort of debate about. He needed that education. God put him exactly where he needed to be. And I think if we were picking and choosing, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to choose to be born at a time. So in like 1981, you can work out how old I am, 1981, let's kill all the baby girls. And I go, yay, that's when I want to be born. It's like, no, but God just does, God has his own way of doing things. And so I want to look this morning, I'm just going to pop this here now. I want to look at just ways that he speaks. So real practical ways that he speaks. So we see Moses' mother putting him in the basket. How did she hear? How did she know, you know, this is a great idea? Um, And so on a real practical level, uh, God uses people to speak to you. He will, sometimes people will say things that we don't really feel like hearing. (laughs) You go, oh God, are you talking to me? (laughs) But he will, he'll use people. He'll give a word of knowledge, prophecy, all those sorts of things in which we need to test, we need to test those words and weigh them up, but he'll use people. Um, He will use, let me look what else I've got down here. Um, He'll use nature. He will, I had someone call me a few weeks back and they said, look, I'm going through this thing and and I just feel like God's saying, be still, but how can I be sure? I had in my daily devotion, it said, be still. They read something else that said, be still. They went to church and they sang a song saying, be still. And then the next day she texted me and said, I've just woken up to the most brilliant rainbow. I know that God is saying, I've got these, be still. He will actually use things in nature to speak to us. He will use um, objects, like things that you see. So practical example, a few years back, Greg brought me a little flower. It's like this, it's a little plastic flower. It's got a little solar panel on it and it says smile. And when the sun hits the solar panel, it goes like this, right? And so the funny thing is, it's not so funny, but God, as I said, has a good sense of humour. The only time we get any sun in our house is first thing in the morning because we have all these big verandas. Now, I am grumpy in the morning. I'm like a bear with a sore head and my entire family are morning people. So I come out, I kind of stumble out, 
hey, coffee, don't speak to me. And everyone's like, oh, they're all been up for hours. And it's all, and one morning I like stumbled out and I was like, Ugh. and then I see this little flower, the only time in the day that it dances and says smile. And God was like, don't use grumpy as an excuse, just be happy, get over it. So honestly, he will use things and we need to be listening. He's, he's that good. Uh, he will talk to me when I'm exercising. Again, maybe he wants me to get fit because if I'm on my cross train or on a bike or something, I just seem to... But often when I'm just spending that time with him, something will drop into my spirit and it's not my thought. Usually when he asks you to do something, it's something that we might feel uncomfortable doing. That's when you know it's God. <laughs> He's like, hey, here's, here's another layer of the plan. This might look really hard to you. This might look impossible, but I'm calling you, I'm with you, and this is me speaking. And so we can have a real confidence that we hear from God. Um, another thing that I do in my life, just to help with hearing from God, again, you have some Christians who just, oh, is that God? Is that me? I'm not sure. And, and I'm not, that's, you know, we can go through these seasons. That's why we're talking about it today. Um, but something that Greg and I do in our lives is we set core values and it can take some of the guesswork out of it. So using the word of God, I'll give you some practical examples. We have a core value that we will be generous so we look at the word of God, it says, you know, live a generous lifestyle, that God blesses generosity. So we have a base level that we give at, and then we actually look for ways to give above and beyond that. So then I have had people before come up to me and go, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, didn't Greg tell you? No, he, he doesn't tell me. He does it all the time. Sometimes he tells me. This week he told me. But he has my permission because in our, in our family and in our marriage, we have this core value that we want to be generous. So then if you get this, bless that person, there isn't this sense of, okay, God, is that you? God, I feel like you're speaking to me, but I'm not sure. It's like the worst thing that can happen is that you will be blessed. So you set it as a core value and then you don't have those moments where you're like, oh, should I, shouldn't? You're just like, yes. I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, another core value we have is that we go to church every Sunday. So, um, and I line that up with the word of God and the word says to be part of the body. The word says to take time aside to worship. The word says to be uh, in fellowship, to encourage one another, to love one another, to serve one another, to use your giftings. All of that, if I come to church on Sunday, it's all there. So yesterday... When I have three sick children, Greg's unwell, we get the phone call to say Greg's grandpa had a heart attack, my grandpa is in hospital and could, you know, we just, we don't have to have the conversation, should we go tomorrow? I don't know, let's pray about it. It's like, core value set, we'll be here and now we're blessed. I'm blessed because at that worship this morning, I'm just there going, oh God, you're so wonderful. It's like this refreshing, I'm now blessed because I set a core value and I took the it's not that we take choice out, but we go through. And so if I encourage you in your own family to go through and set, set these values, and I have to say for my parents, in our household, it was non-negotiation. Oh, I was out with my friends all night. I think I'll sleep here. And mum and dad be like, you get in the car, you're going to church. And it instilled in us, though, a love for the house. 
which I'm now passing on to my children. So they didn't, we still went out Saturday nights and then Sunday morning. What did we have? 10 a.m., 6 p.m., 8 a.m., you will be in church. <laughs> but it's so good. It just set this love of God's house in my heart. So get these core values and then we don't have this, oh God, I'm not sure. Oh, is it you? What will I do? People say, what are you doing on Sunday? We're like, we're in church. Decision made. Um, another way, oh, just on that, I will take a moment because I don't want it to be like we're these super, we're so super, we've got everything set. And there was a, there was a time last year, and Greg shared it at the Open Heaven night, where he, he felt this opportunity to pray for someone that was sick. And he, it was kind of awkward. He's like, he didn't take it. And for those of you who were here, you heard that story. And um, he's like, I won't ever do that again. And it was funny because at the same time, I had a similar opportunity. I had this person that was telling me, and I was in a really awkward situation. And I was like, do I offer to pray? Do I not pray? I'm not sure. And we both walked away from there regretting like two different situations. And we both went, I regret that. I'm not ever going to do that again. And we've set a new core value that any time now that I can take opportunity to pray for somebody, I am going to take that opportunity. There won't be a, is this God, isn't this God? We're, we're setting that from now. And so God will start to prompt you in new things as well. So can I just encourage you to, um, and again, we line that up with the word of God. God loves to heal sick people. So I know that that's something he's prompting me to do. Share Jesus wherever you can. Make that a value and you don't have this, should I talk to that person or not? Oh, I'm not sure. It's like, yes. Yes, you should. That's what we are called to do. Another way to know, am I hearing God? Regularly check what fruit you are bearing. So all the values I've just talked about, they all bear good fruit in my life. So I know they are things that God has called me to do and that he wants me to do. And we see in Matthew 7, 16, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. I find this a, ma a mouthful. I don't want to say it backwards the wrong way. Every tree that does not produce Good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And so am I hearing God? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Am I doing what I should be in my life? Check the fruit that you are bearing because it's a real tell. Okay, so we need to be listening to the Spirit lining everything that we do up with the word of God. And so if you want to hear really clearly, live in the word. You have to live in the word. And it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. And I have to say, even just the last, we've had a really busy month, okay? We've got uh, four children, as you know, Three of their birthdays 
within three and a half weeks, two of those only three days apart. We went on holidays in the middle of that. And now it's only three weeks till Tyler's birthday. So we have this crazy, crazy season. And then I go, oh, no birthdays for a whole year. It's great. But I just found myself, I'd been reading my devotion, but that was all. I get up in the morning, I'm running, running, running. I'm just like, I'm so busy. And so this week, I'm just like, oh, I just can't do it anymore. So I just got out my Bible and I was just like, oh, one Peter, two Peter, one John. And it's like, get in the word. When you get in the word, when you actually read it from start to finish, I sort of go, God, how do we ever get off track? I don't know. It's all here. It's black and white. It's so clear. And he just speaks to you. He will just highlight a verse. Now, there's no, I don't know, people can get funny about this, like a chapter a day. Sounds like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. A chapter a day will keep the devil away. <laughs> but it's not like, it's, it's like you've got to find, um, you've got to find your way. So sometimes I'm reading and I just get stuck on a verse and I'm like, God, I just can't get off this. But he's speaking to me out of that. That's fine. It's not quantity, it's the quality. Other times I just need to read whole books. I need to get the context. And other times I go, God, Huh, I'm not sure about that. I'll study it out. Go in and actually work out. If you're not sure, write it down. Pastor Daryl loves phone calls all hours of the night. What does this mean, Pastor Daryl? <laughs> you're so well studied. It's so, it's so good. But study it for yourself. You have to hear for yourself. And podcasts are great. Teachings are great. All these things are so good. But if you get in the word, God will speak directly to you. Uh, people that don't like reading, you can listen to the word too, just however you read, um, however you learn. But I would still encourage you to read, even if it's just a small amount each day, because it will absolutely bless your life. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He will speak to you through his word. Now, he'll even speak to you. Has anyone ever done the, the flip open? Like, God, I'm so desperate. I'm just gonna, oh, and read. He act, It actually does work, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> Has anyone, all right, be honest, has anyone ever done it? God, I just need you to speak to me. Um, you might flip open to Ecclesiastes, though. Stephen was stoned. Paul was shipwrecked. He was bitten by snake. Um, Job. Be careful on the page. I've actually done it, though. And I, I was, I had spent my time in the Word, though, for the day. I had spent my time praying. I was really seeking God or something. And I said, God, I just need to know whether I should do this for one more year or stop right now. And this is what I actually flicked open to. In Luke 13, it said, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig it around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Oh. I'm going to do another page. No, I might flip to Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Stop there. Stop while you're ahead. So the word of God is alive and active, but better than the once a month page flip, get in and read it in solid chunks because even more powerfully he'll speak to you then. 
And my very last point, oh, it's 11.11, Greg. <laughs> this is my number that I see everywhere. Um, talking about hearing from God, he'll speak to you in numbers. Anyone a numbers seer? Woo, I do it all the time. Um, the last point is draw near. Okay, how, how do you hear God in your life? Draw near. And our verse for this year for our church is not an accident. We, we are focusing this year on drawing near to God. God, I'm going to take time to draw near to you. I'm just going to ask the band, they can come back and, and start to play a bit. You know, how, how do we draw near? Spend time with him. Spend time with him. And that's that thing of being in the word, that thing of spending time in prayer, that thing of when I'm gardening and I'm like, God, just I'm open. You can speak to me anytime about anything. And you'll get that drop into your spirit. You'll get that thing of, um, you know, as Pastor Joe was saying last week, like, oh, that moment of the right moment to go and ring somebody, to visit them, to see them. We are walking in the spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is guiding us. He's teaching us. Spend time speaking in tongues, and if this is something you don't know how to do, you can come and receive prayer for that. It is so powerful. When I don't know what to pray, and the Holy Spirit just prays through me, and I just spend time in his presence because he's so good. He's so good. Worship. And I know I always go on about worship, but it's like it is so powerful for drawing near. It is so powerful and I've just, even in my business these last few weeks, I just always take that time. It's like, just when I've had so much happening and I've had a, a lot of anxiety about different things that have been going on and as soon as I would take that time to draw aside, to worship, and for me, you know, I just love to get on the piano and to just sing and to write songs Nobody can hear me. There's no performance. There's no, it's just me and God. I love that. But maybe you're not musical. I also worship God when I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> when I'm hanging the washing, it's like, God, you're so good. God, you've just been so, so, so good to me. Maybe it's that reminder that we sang this morning, you work all things together for my good. God, I know that you have this purpose and this plan for me. God, I know that you've had your hand on me from the very beginning. God, I feel like I'm in the wilderness right now, but I'm going to take time to step aside. Exodus 3.3, Moses went, what, what is this? What, I, I see this bush burning and it's not being consumed. And he didn't just keep on with his day. He took time and he drew aside. And he, he found God there. He found himself standing on holy ground. And this is where we can live our lives out of. This place of knowing, I hear God. I hear God. I'm so confident in my walk with him because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Because I trust his word because I believe the promises and I know that he's working everything together for my good and I can actually find rest there. I find rest. I find peace. 
You can be peaceful in your nine to five without your movie moment. You can play some music this week and try it out if you want to, but you can, you can find peace wherever you are because God is with you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. So I just pray that you're encouraged by that this morning. I'm going to hand back to Greg now, who's going to close for us. But even this week, you can, you can set some core values. You can uh, make some decisions and really put things into place that say, I, I hear God.